This is 3 and 5 on SLC Management Podcast. Thanks, everybody, for joining this 3 and 5 podcast. I'm Steve Feature, president of SLC Management. Today, I'm really pleased to be joined by two people, Chris Wang, who's the managing director at Crescent Capital, and Ash Kapwani, who's the managing director at SLC Management. And today's topic is to talk about LGBTQ issues in the world. So I want to start, Chris, with you. By the time we release this podcast in a couple of weeks, you will have co-hosted an SLC Crescent Pride conversation with Ben Green. And Ben is a kind of an activist, commentator, transgender activist in the community that talks about workplace issues. Tell the listeners more about this event and why it's important for managers like Crescent Capital or like SLC Management to host these kinds of Thanks, Steve, for having me. We had Ben join us at Crescent last year for a foundational diversity, equity, and inclusion session titled Trans 101. It was a very educational and inspirational session where I personally learned a lot. You know, the session helped highlight things from how to use inclusive language to how to recognize and call out microaggressions. Microaggressions are words or behaviors that are subtly or indirectly discriminatory or derogatory hostile. And I think these are things that are particularly important to, to understand and, and be aware of. Most importantly for me, the session with Ben really highlighted the importance of being an ally, you know, what allyship means, how to uncover your own biases, diversity, equity, and inclusion doesn't work if you don't have everybody on board. That means a lot of allyship across the board. So the session with Ben was a very tremendously educational and, and fulfilling session, I think, At Crescent last year, we're just thrilled to be able to have that conversation with him again for Pride Month this year. And Ash, maybe you want to kind of walk through a little bit about how important, why this is really important for an organization like SLC or Crescent to take seriously. I'm happy to, Chris, and thanks, Steve. For me, I've had some experiences in the past where I've been in organizations where I've I've been out in the organization. I've been very comfortable sharing that I'm a member of the LGBTQ community, but I've also had experiences where I hid that information and I kept it to myself. And those those tended to be earlier on in my career. And I wouldn't have thought that the impact was going to be that big, but I can tell you personally, from a from a mental health perspective, from a bring myself to work perspective, being comfortable at work. It made a huge impact. Like I feel like I'm I'm really able to deliver a lot more now that I'm not having to spend so much time parsing, you know, what do I say to this person or what what version of myself have I already shared in this environment? It's just really freeing to be able to to be myself at work. And I think that when SLC hosts events like this, it really shows that this is an environment where we do want that. We want people to feel comfortable being themselves. And and I'll say that that's not always the case. I've been in, in organizations where you hear these casually uh, homophobic comments thrown around. And, you know, that's, I think it's just always important to demonstrate the kind of culture we're trying to create. In addition to hosting these kind of more formal discussions, what are things from your perspectives that organizations and maybe specifically asset managers can do to support their LGBTQ colleagues? It is. I think events like these are, are great steps, but I think it probably it doesn't stop there. I think it's really important to to make sure that as an organization, we're doing everything that we can to demonstrate to the LGBTQ community that we're trying to be inclusive of them. So I know that there's there's an initiative going on at SLC right now related to normalizing, talking about what your pronouns are like in either Zoom names or details and signatures. I think in general, one of the things that I've really liked about Sun Life and SLC in this respect is that you can really see that 
celebration of things like Pride. They're not just for the LGBTQ community. You can really see that when we have an event, when we march in the parade, which we're doing this year, it really is the whole organization that's invited and participates. And, and I'll also say that that's, that's not something I've always seen. I've typically seen in some organizations, it's mostly the LGBTQ community that attends these events. And, you know, when you see your senior leaders standing up and saying, hey, like, we support this, I, I think it goes a long way to telling employees that, that they're valued. I would totally agree with that. I think building the right culture is so important and it starts from the top and it starts from the bottom. It should permeate the entire organization. I think one perspective is a culture of empathy. I think empathy is something where, you know, if you can truly understand how somebody feels, I think it's very different from sympathy, which is just acknowledging how they feel. So I think these types of events, these types of activities, the focus, the publicity, the visibility um, helps build that culture of empathy. You know, one thing that I think helps build that is our anecdotes or examples where it can can be brought to life to an employee as to what they can do or what they shouldn't do to make everybody comfortable in the workplace. So are there any experiences that you guys could share that would be illuminating for all the listeners around things you've experienced or a bit witnessed or whatever that would help illuminate some of the issues and some approaches and, and actions that people should take in the workplace to create the kind of inclusive environment that you're talking about? One of the things that Ben mentioned before is just understanding your own biases. And some of that is assumptions. So one thing that I've personally uh, seen and felt is the assumption that I have a wife and children. The children part is true. I do have kids, but I don't have a wife. So when I talk to clients, when I'm with coworkers or industry contacts, it's a constant coming out in a way because you talk about your children, about school, and then there's the default assumption and then you have to correct them. And so that is definitely part of it. It's also a constant education in a way because I think not everybody has met a LGBTQ family, you know, family with kids and, and two dads. And so there is that constant education component of we're just like you in, in many ways and different in some others. That oftentimes leads to plenty of interesting questions. Some of them are appropriate, some of them are not. But, you know, it's good. I think it's a constant education. And I think the visibility does matter. I think the more people know and see families that look different from them or individuals who are different from them, I think it betters everybody's understanding. From my my point of view, like I know, Chris, we've chatted about this before, but the invisibility of the diversity is is a bit of a factor there because it, it is very easy then for people to make assumptions about you if it's not something that they can see. And I think that there's a little bit of a dynamic, you know, when someone does say, you know, wife and kids, I bet there's even a calculation of do you even like correct them in that case? Is it easier to leave it leave it alone? Like for me personally, depending on how much time I have, I I don't think I've always. <laughs> I've corrected people to say, actually, not a wife. I'd say later on in my career, I'm a little bit more bold, maybe a little bit more privileged because I've had a couple of years under my belt. I probably don't feel as worried about any negative ramifications that could happen, but probably by and large, not true for a lot of of our colleagues and, and maybe even people working at our clients. It does take a certain level of comfort and it's kind of a dilemma that I think everybody faces. I think it's worthwhile for people to just recognize that that's a challenge that LGBTQ people, not just in our company, but in other finance organizations, other investment organizations are facing. And Chris, you and I were also reflecting that, you know, we don't see too many other LGBTQ people within the investment industry in general, at least not at the rate we would think that they exist in the general population. And to me, at least that suggests that we do need to do a little bit more 
to make sure that they're probably there. And if they are there, that they feel comfortable like having this conversation, coming out of work. And, and I think that's why I'm, I'm really glad that we're doing what we're doing and, and glad to, I think this event with Ben is also going to help us to have some really good conversations internally and hopefully make our own SLC employees, our Crescent employees feel that much more comfortable. You know, listening to you guys give those examples about the biases that may creep into somebody's head when, they, when you mentioned kids. You know, I'm trying to think of my own experience. I can't think of an example, but I'm sure there's some point in my own, you know, history where somebody's talked to me about kids and I maybe I've said the wrong thing because I assumed that they had a wife or a husband and, and inadvertently said something. And I think those are the kind of examples that make everybody think about, geez, have I said something that could have offended somebody inadvertently? And how can I be careful about that and be more selective with what I say or not? And I would also say, listening to you guys, you know, you, talk, you were talking about what an organization can do to be more inclusive. It made me think that it's also a two-way street. And I think you guys are living up to that, meaning it takes people like you guys who are willing to be proactive, setting up events, hosting events, being part of uh, interviews like this to help bring some of these issues to light. And I think then that feeds on each other because I, then I think that helps move an organization along. And then I think the more an organization is moved along in this regard, the more people are willing to follow the path that you guys have set in terms of being proactive within the organization. So that's really what we're trying to engender. So I really appreciate you guys taking the time today. I'm looking forward to the conversation with Ben Green. So thanks guys very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys. And thanks everybody listening to this episode of 3 and 5.